is the podcast of professionalizing entrepreneurship, and I am Lao Ngai Yuan. With me in the studio are Dr. Ainuro Rosli from Grunel University London, reader in entrepreneurship and enterprise, Dr. Jane Chang, founder of Gritsy Social Enterprise London, and both are the co-creators of the Professional Practice in Entrepreneurship, PPE. In this episode, we will be talking about the art of learning by doing. We talk about learning quite a fair bit, but what about the doing? We keep forgetting the doing bit, the practicality bit, the going out and really feeling it is equivalently as important, if not more. So how do we do that? How is that incorporated in how we should be learning as an entrepreneur? I think it's similar with the um, lean startup methods that we always have been um, knowing about, you know, experimentation, pivoting, experimentation, pivoting. Uh, you can actually do this by just simply doing it. So the concept of go do, you know, um, make it the learning experience um, important, make it the learning, learning experience influential. So in a team, it makes it easier for them to go do and take action. So, you know, imagine like, you know, if you are a, um, a hero entrepreneur, um, you have an idea to do something interesting. It would be it, it would be very difficult for you to actually doing it if you knew that you're doing it alone. And imagine you have the same idea, but the fact that knowing that you have eight of others people who are doing or experiencing the same experience what what you are handling at the moment, it makes it easy for you to take the risk. It makes it easy for you to go do. But, but having said that, I understand what you're saying, but a lot of entrepreneurs have this, but this is my idea. I'm not sharing it. If I share it, then it, I can't, you know, it, it's no longer just mine. How do you deal with that? Okay, idea is just idea. There are zillion millions of ideas, you know. Ideas without action is basically dead. Otherwise, it can, becomes a philosophy when there's no action. So the action is the doing bit. And because of the action, this is one of the uh, features, I mean, one of the formula of entrepreneurship is the willingness to take risks. The learning by doing is actually is the action of the willingness to take the risk, whether it is going to be successful or not successful. If it is not successful, we call it experimentation. How do you make it better? So it's about pivoting, experimenting and being flexible and to learn from it. But of course, in the old school, you know, I remember in the earlier days, you know, we teach our students to do business plan. Perfect business plan. So perfect that they're asking for five millions, okay? And they went to the bank. And the bank officer said, have you got any experience? And they're chucked out from the bank. And they come back to me, you told me to write a very good business plan, perfect, really fantastic ideas. But I just discovered that the bank won't loan it to me because I do not have the experience and I do not have a team. Not to mention collateral. But okay, yep. that's correct. <laughs> but okay, yeah, I understand that um, uh, if you do, and uh, the idea here is not about successful or not. The idea here is that you learn whether you didn't do it well or you do it very well. You're still learning, and yes. that's progress, which mm -hmm. is really important. That's correct. So, the 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 question, perhaps for many entrepreneurs, um, 
is that if you are already doing it and, and you have to be doing it, then you might as well be doing it very seriously. But the environment in the university, for example, or in schools, you, you can't be an entrepreneur until you are pretty much graduated. Um, there are university laws that, you know, that um, stops you uh, from getting uh, your company started. Mm. Um, you can't. You can't be earning while you're studying. Either you have to declare this, you have to be paying taxes, you have all those issues. So are we always play pretending and then therefore learn? Uh, not really. Actually, some of students actually have started their business while they are studying in the first year. Okay, but as they need to declare, no? Yes, they have to declare. Have to we, declare. we teach them to actually, one of the mm. ethos of our uh, PPE is to actually to comply with regulations and not to be a cheat, you know, and to run away. And that's what we want our uh, to, to have the integrity. That's really important, one of the ethos. And uh, students will learn. We have one very good example. His name is John Kigonya. You can actually find him. He's the founder of Dusupay. And um, he kept telling me about these ideas. You know, Jane, I want to change the world, you know, uh, money transfer, especially in the developing country. That's where I come from, in Africa. And I thought, you must be dreaming. I didn't really trust him. That was my side. You see, my assumption. I said, this won't happen, you know. You are here. And then, and after a few years, he was in the same class. He was working with a team of, of students who are generating money for the, uh, for the social enterprise. And that's where he got the idea about the importance of working in teams. He actually came to our class and shared with, with his juniors how important it is to start things from zero budget because you realize that the only thing I have is me and my team. And how do I, how do I mobilize me and my team to make it happen. And of course, you know, initially I said, you must have really big dream, but you need to start small. So what, what he did was, he started his, his do so pay very small with a few of his friends. So replicate what he has learned in his uh, undergraduate years and coming out with this do so pay. And now, it is now established in the market and now they are establishing to 80% of the, uh, what do you call it, in Africa. Wow, that's pretty uh, good a success rate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, he won't be able to do it unless he actually tried out, you know, unless he actually go out there and do. Another example that we can actually share is, you know, last week that we have a CTEL project, Social Innovation Through Entrepreneurial Learning. So, you know, we have five entrepreneur, um, social innovation projects and each of the project we have around eight um, academics from the UK and, and Malaysia. They collaborate together, together um, to come up with a social innovation project. So, you know, on a first day, on a second day, they actually research and think and try to understand, you know, come up with an assumption of what the project could be. Now, everything changes the moment they step into the life of the villagers because unless they actually go out there and do something, unless they actually go out there, out there and um, validate their, their, their assumptions, the idea that they have before is just meaningless. And I think this is the most important thing that we want to, to um, say it here because it, we need to take into consideration the beneficiaries. We need to take into consideration other, other actors. Um, and the only way for us to do it is by going out there and try something. And what if the environment is not exactly enabling. So by saying that uh, perhaps um, uh, the punishing schedule of a student, for example, may not be um, as as helpful 
in that particular student understanding that they need to spend a bit more time in business and the reason why it failed was because seriously you didn't have enough time for it you didn't spend enough time to to make sure that there is there are room to grow and be better mm-hmm. so so what if there are other this kind of you know external forces at play yeah so when students are actually doing real projects the first thing they ask if i did not raise any money would yeah. i be penalized with my marks yes no problem at all we do not penalize you any marks even you don't even come up with any money raised but most important is what have you learned from this experience and of course you go against the theories so we are looking at the learning rather than the outcome the money yeah it's more about the what learning. have you developed the social capital and the human capital is the relationship that you build by the end of the day and i think it's not about I need to spend one day with them. You know, without one day, I can't actually do anything. I can't actually go out there. You know, I only have one hour in between my classes. So what do they do within one hour? You know, this little investment count. Um, you know, if you actually only have one hour in the morning before the class, what did you do with that one hour? It's more about knowing... Um, you know, embodying the practice of entrepreneur because entrepreneurs are very busy individuals and you need to know that, you know, you need to start by thinking of it and then they practice it and then they become one. And I think they need to understand everybody have a limited hours, but how do they actually use their resource? So it goes back to the resource mobilization and time itself is, is an element, a very important resource that they need to know how to manage. What about um, support from the... Um Parents, family, the teaching uh, faculty, for example, are, are all those important? It does play. A, it does play a very important role, especially family. We have students who are actually coming from family business backgrounds. Some of the parents are very supportive. Sometimes the parents are in communication with us as well, so that helps us to understand further how their business. But of course, some parents may do the reverse. They will do something and then thinking that it, they will provide the financial without having to go through the learning journey. And thinking that, oh, it will help them to gain marks. I said, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> they have to go through the process of failure and learning to make it better. They have to pitch to you just like you will have the similar uh, process when you select the best pitch ideas. So your son, your children will go through the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this, this learning by doing is, is beyond just simply doing it. Why you're doing it in the first instance? You're doing it because you want to... Um, understand whether what you are you are thinking you are doing is correct or not. You know, and that's this is what we call experimentation, right? Because people think that when we mention the word experimentation, you're just simply playing around, and that's not the case. Because doing doing it will then help you to make a decision. You know, whether you want to go to the left, whether you want to go forward, and whether you want to go to the right. And this is what we call pivoting. Um, you know, sometimes. Um, individuals think that I want to go to a point A, but they don't realize that in order for you to get there, there's so many ways of of going there. And sometimes it takes longer route, but that route will make it more meaningful, will make it more sustainable in the future. And this is, you know, knowing when to make a decision, knowing when to pivot is very important learning that they need to know as well. I have students like, you know what, I've saved so much money, you know, I've saved so much money, I can start out a business. I don't have to pitch to anybody. I'm using my own money. And I will tell him, why do you want to use your own money? It's so risky. Why don't you use somebody else's money who has surplus and, you know, and change it into something more meaningful? 
And you don't have to risk your own money, your pocket money that you have saved so hard for your family. All you have to do is improve on your pitching skill. Right. I have a family and their main concern um, is that if their child pick on entrepreneurship and practicing and doing it, they will lose him to the world, to the real world and not have, I mean, they're worried that they may not be able to keep him in university during school because, you know, he would be so excited about wanting to bring it out. We have students like that, you we know, do. after the first year, they decide, I don't need university, I'm going to do my way. But after a while, they, they, they realize that they need more knowledge because by not learning, getting those knowledge, they hit the wall more. So what we are telling them is, you go to university, you have a better shortcut, you have more case studies, you learn from information from other people, you learn together, that helps you a better and you have a community. Mm-hmm. And then I think one thing that that, that student doesn't realise is the critical thinking that helps them to make the decision better. This critical thinking element is what we taught quite a lot in, in the university. You you evaluate data, you understand um, um, information that can help you to make a decision. You know, when you do about entrepreneurship, it's all about making a decision. You know, whether you want to go forward, you know, what you are what are you going to do with the resources? How do you actually mobilize the resources? It requires decision. And the the faster you can make a decision and the better the decision is, the quality of the decision matters in terms of the path that you are taking forward. I think you know, like what Jane said, um, you know, yes, they can still doing it. You know, they do. They left the university because they think that they can actually run the company uh, much more faster. But you know, sometimes they just not really hard. Um, and then without a, a proper resilience, without persistence, a strong persistence, it's really hard for them to go back up. Actually, we have many entrepreneurs who have not gone to universities. They come to us now. They become entrepreneurs in residence because they want yeah. to be associated with the universities. You know, like you guys, you know, there was, he was like one of them is uh, you Andy, know, Andy, Andy from Content Andy, Cal. Yes. He said, you guys are so lucky you're at university. I wish I had been to the university and not to hit the wall, you know, like what he has experienced. You and have the best chance. I like when you said entrepreneurs in residence. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have artists in residence quite a fair bit, <laughs> but I've never heard about entrepreneurs in residence. So what, what do they do? They are like mentors because they have the experience. Mm-hmm. They have more and the experience is more near than us. To students in the industry, in the yes. industry, so they are from different different industries. So a lot of students will have different interests in their business ideas. So we have quite a range of mentors from different industries where the students can actually assess to them. Right. Yeah. So different entrepreneurs in resident bring different skills. So we have Fernanda that she's actually a lawyer and also runs social enterprises. We have Andy. This Andy never went to the university but values knowledge. And then he said that I wished I could find um, a course that run like this before. You know. Then he he can see the value of of doing um, what he likes and also at the same time um, you know uh, supported by theories and 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 information research. And how long? Um, does this usually run for? Do these residents run for three months? Three months, yeah. And then actually we're trying to ex- extend it during the course times because these, when the students are in the universities, so it's better, it's much easier to assess them. Yeah, so what we had is uh, on our website at um, ppewestminster.com. So we actually have like a booking system. You know, we have, you, you see all of the entrepreneurial residents and stu- students can actually just simply look at their availability. So usually um, the entrepreneurial in resident will provide a range of time that they are available and students will then be able to book their slot. 
to listen to them or to bring no, them? No, to to see them face to face, to you know, to share their knowledge. Or maybe they they are currently, mm. uh, you know, we have one student who are currently expanding their their idea into a new market, and apparently one of our entrepreneur resident is quite um, influential in in that area of market. So, you know, this you this is where you could connect and then see, you know, how can I actually get into that country? You know, is there anything that I need to do to make it work? So they are they play a mentoring role, whereas we academics we play the coaching the role. Coaching role. And there is a difference between mentors and coach. Yes, the coach is to help to develop the competence, the skills, the mindset, whereas the mentoring provides a more intimate journey of the industry-specific skills. Ah. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a two different um, area of work that people a lot, a lot of people are confused about. Um, you know, once you're a mentor, doesn't mean that you can become a coach. And, you know, if you're a coach, you know, should, should you actually become a mentor? Because we, even though we ourselves run companies, you no know, startup, but we, we are a bit detached. So we acknowledge that as an academics, you know, even though we know the theories, we know how it runs. And we've, we've been there, you know, we, we run companies before and we were in a corporate before, but you know, time goes by so many changes in the industry that we, we still need somebody in the industry currently that help our student to make some sense in the in the in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Even everything, whatever that's familiar to us today, I mean in just the difference of twenty four hours, it's already rather different. Yeah, and I think the most important thing that people need to know is it's not about one person knowing it all. You oh, know, yes. and, so as academic we we don't know all and I think admitting that to the student, you know, we well, we don't know now. Maybe we know somebody who knew it, you know, who know the information. I mean, as academic we need to be entrepreneur, we need to have the entrepreneur mindsets to come up with innovative uh, design curriculum to help our students to shape them to be the desires that they want, to be entrepreneurial in what they what they in whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. So we need to know our limitations and where our roles are. So we can't be like from A to Z in education. Mm -hmm. So we have to work with the real people in the industry, the real players. Yeah, because like for it, by the end of the day, these are individuals who will design the future. What we do is just shaping it to make it better for them. You know, we kind of like help them to shape it. But the designer is them. Other it's not students. us. It's not us. So when we talk about the zero budget crowdfunding campaign, uh, that you've made the, the the young people do just to test their ability to be resourceful yeah. and to learn by doing it that they understand the word mm -hmm. resource, right? And um, especially what actually it does is it creates that pressure port, a microcosm like this is what it's like to be an entrepreneur or to be working in an organisation with limited resources. It is not like, wow, you have a beautiful building, lots of resources, all you have to do is like a remote control, the money will come out. It doesn't work that way. So, so when you work in a limited environment, that doing is building your personality up quite a fair it bit. Does, it yes, does. It and does. it also adds to the chaos bit, you know. <laughs> oh, yes. one of the recipes for the chaos as well because, you know, you have to do A till Z. You need to do the campaign. You still need to do the pitching because by the end of the day, it's about telling the story. Um, I think what we want to um, emphasize to the student is they need to know what story they want to tell. Even though you're doing any kind of business, if you do not have a compelling story, nobody actually will going to believe in you. So we start early in terms of um, shaping them. How do you actually craft your story? You know, how do you link it to the passion when you pitch? You know, because you don't really pitch based on the um, the lines that you you have memorized. You know, we if people can see the soul in you, people can see whether you are passionate about it or whether they, you are just simply reading about the lines. 
And then this is something that you can only get it the moment you really know why, why you are doing. And I think what we are trying to do is to, trying to help them to find the why, you know, why they're doing this, you know, why am I doing this? How can I actually portray my, my passion about the subject area, my, my care about, about the poor people, for example, that they're trying to help, you know, to reflect it to those who are not there with them. Yes, it's all about building authenticity. Authenticity, yes, yeah, integrity is so important. So that's why they need to go to the grassroots. Even for our students, they need to go to the grassroots. How to empower them and what they need, and not bringing solution to them actually. And the ideas they will learn to actually to comply with the need of the grassroots. That's really important. For example, we have this is typical classic when we just started this zero budget, and the students say we come up with this you know car bumper you know, hit the bumper and we raise this event, you know, that would be good. And the social enterprise they were actually uh, helping with was Headway. And this is about head injury. And the, and the, the CEO of the said, no, there's no, we do not endorse this kind of event because it's about head injury accident. You need to do something else. They said, what? We have been doing all this preparing and you tell us not to do? But in the first place, you need to get the permission. So they learn to comply, to develop a relationship and then co-create. Yeah, and also tell the story. How how can you tell the story about car bumping, about and and head injury? That's like, right. That's right. That so they make it, it into a story. Really, yeah, right. then they make it into a story. Yes, it was like, oh, we made a mistake. I said no. You turn it the other way around. Mm -hmm. You're learning, and that becomes even more powerful. Absolutely. So mm. there you have it. If you're an entrepreneur, you better start learning by doing. So this has been this week's Professionalizing Entrepreneurship, a podcast series, which is a collaboration between EFM of Global Entrepreneurship Movement Association and PPE, Professional Practice in Entrepreneurship. And for more insightful conversation, next week we are going to talk about building on your gut feelings. Wow. And we're going to leave you with Dee, the founder of Dee's Basement, a specialist bakery, and she's going to recount her experience during the Zero Budget campaign. Hi, um, my name is Adiola Amole um, and I'm the founder of a um, confectionery studio called Dee's Basement, um, based in London. Um, so my experience with a zero budget campaign, so in my second year um, at the University of Westminster, um, doing the business management degree with the entrepreneurship pathway, um, I undertook a, a project with a team and we had zero budget and we had to come up with an idea um, to, with limited resources, um, to uh, create an event that would help with um, just overall learning of the basics of entrepreneurship as well as um, how to be entrepreneurial with very limited um, resources, um, which has helped immensely actually because there have been times where I've had to think on my feet and think um, of ideas or um, designs, in my case, because of confectionery items um, with zero resources, you know, and had to look for alternative ways without spending money, such as Pinterest or Instagram, wherever it, it, it could be. So that's definitely helps with that. And it's also helped just with saving money also, you know, always looking for alternative ways without spending money first um, to save you money in the long run. It's definitely a lot more helpful. And due to saving money and finding um, new ways to continuously um, 
generate new ideas in my business. It's helped me attract clients such as Harvey Nichols and Pretty Little Things and um, Bowdoin, which has um, definitely helped with my clientele and just my general reputation in the dessert and confectionery world. Um, so it's it's definitely a good experience to have that sort of experience of a zero budget project so that you know that everything else you do after that is sort of you have that basis of you know no budget um you know limited resources so that when you do have those resources and that budget in the future you don't take advantage of it and use it to the maximum um possibility you can (laughs) 